Welcome to the 105 Way Podcast. I'm your host, Patricia. And your co-host, JL. And on this episode, we have author Harrison. Harrison, how are you today? I'm doing great. How are you both doing? Doing fantastic. Fantastic. We were just telling Harrison before we started uh, the show how this is our first episode where Payson is going to be some partial bloopers and we're just going to go ahead and accept it. And uh, just realize, you know, he's he ain't going to be sleeping while we're doing this. So right now he's on the screen watching these moving butterflies. So hopefully that keeps him entertained as long as possible. Uh, But thank you so much for being on the show. And so our first question is uh, tell our listeners about yourself. So just things like where you're from, what you do for a living and then go into how the idea of writing came to mind. Well, you know, I'm I'm from uh, I'm from Oxford. Um, which is, uh, you know, is known all over the world as being, you know, this this great sort of citadel of knowledge and and all sorts of stuff. But um, and it's interesting. Some the, a lot of the stuff that I'm uh, doing my fiction uh, picks apart that concept and picks apart that structure. I mean, um, and it's funny. I was in Oxford a few weeks ago, and uh, there's still. I mean, even though that's my home city, there's still stuff that I'm finding out about Oxford that I didn't know. Um, it's funny. There's a uh, you could Oxford's full of all these little sort of um, small corridors and uh, and small streets that you don't know exist. And there's a, a street called Saint Mary's Passage. And I and I and it could be a an incredibly busy day, um, a very busy Saturday afternoon. It could be absolutely thronged with people, and you could walk into Saint Mary's Passage. And feel like you're the only person on earth, and it's that that sort of bipolar that uh, that relationship between um, different components of society that really has uh, impacted on my on my on, on my fiction, and it's actually is, is what a lot of my fiction is about. Um, for instance, behind the window uh, that came about because the idea of what happens when two worlds collide. You know, what happens when the life of a young man about to go off the university um, suddenly collides with a woman uh, who's uh, who has lived a carefree life and is um, lives a sort of nomadic existence. And it's what happens when those two worlds collide. So, um, you know, a lot of my fiction and ideas have come from the concept of what happens in two discrete components of society, diff- two different corners of society come together um and certainly with the book i'm doing at the moment um which i've just finished the first draft of um which is about a girl band in 90s england although that's theme about music um and uh themes about um uh you know uh, the arts and um what happens you know in this the world of entertainment and the world of entertainment lawyers and first class tickets to New York and back to London again. A lot of it, the, all the themes involved are about worlds colliding, about what happens when the singers meet other people and how they interact with those. Um, so that's, um, so to me, that's where a lot of the inspiration actually comes from um, and where a lot of the ideas actually come from is from my own background and the fascination with different worlds coming together and colliding. 
Yeah, I have um, family in uh, in Birmingham, so I don't know how how far that is as far as proximity. Uh, you know, being in the states, all we think about mm. is London, right? But there's so much yeah. more um, mm. to the to the UK. So we 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 definitely need to go visit. I've been telling definitely. him um, he worked for yeah. British Airways for many years, and so he always says, "You gotta come, cousin. You gotta come." So. Mm. Well, I mean, the UK is, I mean, it's its a collection of countries rather than a, a single country. Um, but like the, the way the United States is a collection of states and commonwealths um, in, in the UK, it is uh, a collection of states, obviously, England, uh, Scotland, Wales, Northern Ireland um, are all part of this collective. And I think what a lot of people don't realize is that um, they assume that the UK is, we speak English over here. And that's the only language we do. There are, we do actually, there are actually Welsh speakers. Um, there are actually Gaelic speakers as well. Um, Gaelic, unfortunately, is being slowly but surely has been phased out. But uh, there has been uh, a little bit of a comeback in recent years. So, and again, that comes to the idea of worlds and themes uh, colliding, coming together and falling apart again. That's very interesting. When you were coming up with, the ideas of what to write about, it seems like you have taken that from just life experiences or just just the world around you. What mm. were some struggles that you had when coming up with the concept of your book or even getting your book published, mm. uh, whether it's starting with the draft, the first draft all the way up to the publishing part? What were some struggles mm. that you had? I think, you know, uh, Every component of uh, Behind the Window had struggles with it. Um, Behind the Window is divided into discrete sections. And um, uh, so one of the the major difficulties was how to link all these sections together because it it takes place over decades. I mean, it starts in the 1980s and finishes in the 2050s. So it was how to look at these characters and see how do they span over 70 years and how um and how to make you know how to link the characters together i mean and it's a, a jet setting novel as well it starts in the rural english countryside and uh, there are scenes that take place in texas um in 2018 um and so there's all these places um that you know i've uh, that you know I've, i'm not familiar with that i've never been to and how to actually link all these places together um and and there's a scene um, in sort of the far futuristic Bangkok with um, sort of cars and a gun chase through the through the city. So and how to actually link that to rural Oxfordshire, because you wouldn't think these two would be in the same book. And then finally, it finishes off all the way back in London. So it goes in a, a full cycle. So that was the main difficulty. I think the publishing part um, was was the easiest bit. Um, the editing part was a lot easier than I thought it'd be, but the date, the, the 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 difficulty for me was how to keep all these characters a sense of consistency throughout the book. And so, you know, we we have we have some authors who, um, in order to continue going, in order to get that additional motivation, they look toward writing groups or. Um, other colleagues who have written and and kind of get get advice from them. So, did you do any of that? Like, did you ever need that additional? I did, assistance? A, I did a little bit. I'm a member of several different writing groups. Um, I think one of the, but I think you know that. But what, what with writing groups as fantastic as they are and as brilliant as they are, 
um, the main issue with writing groups is that everyone's got their own idea of how a book should go. Um, if you sent me a piece of writing right now and I read through it, I would have my own interpretation of it. Um, so you may have those particular themes that you want in mind, those particular ideas that you want to explore. I may see it in a very, in a very different way. And I think one of the main, and I think that's has been one of the major challenges with um, having that level of you know consistency when approaching um, a writing group and making sure that um, you know, these are the themes that I'm interested in, these are the themes that I want to talk about, and this is how I want to talk about it, and this is what I want to talk about, and. Um, I remember I just recently got some feedback on um, on a, a, a draft, the first opening chapter of um, my my latest book, and I've you know I've barely shared it with with anyone uh, so far, and it was interesting to see this this gentleman's uh, perception on um, uh, on on the work, which was quite interesting. Um, he spotted things that I didn't see, and he saw things that I didn't see. So I think writers' groups are great. For getting different perceptions, um, but you know there there is a risk. I mean, certainly, um, if I'm doing a first draft of something, I won't go to a writers group. I will go approach a writers group at the very end of the first draft, um, so that you know because um, I've always been wary about this of the book changing theme uh, as it goes through and diluting from the original message. And and it has happened with um, my latest book where the so the themes of the book really changed as we went as I went through because of just my interactions with society in general. I'm glad you brought that up. That's a very good point. And to any of our listeners out there that are, whether they're stuck in this phase or they're getting a lot of feedback from individuals, that it it can take away from your goal. It can take mm. away from your theme and wh- how, what, how you see your book. So mm. it's important. Yes, feedback is important because, you, mm. you know, you want to connect with your readers, but it's also it's also important to keep in mind your main goal and to mm. not share it with too many people. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> he agrees. Yeah. And and, and you did bring up a, a good point, too, because sometimes not. I mean, it's it's good to have other opinions and really to be open to criticism, mm. because we've we've yeah. had people who we worked with um, who they didn't take well to criticism. And I think that's Mm. a a downfall um, Mm. because if you think that your story is the best thing since sliced bread Mm. and you don't want any type of Mm. uh, feedback at all, you know, it's just, it's just more of a deterrent to what your ultimate goal is, which is to Mm. put out a great book. Um, Mm. With that being said, what, what would be your personal like main advice to someone who is either they're trying to figure out where to start. They know they want to write this book, but they just don't really know how to move forward. Or let's say they've written a book, but they've become discouraged by someone mm. or, or someone's. Uh, mm. And and now they're like, you know what? I'm not even going to worry about it. I'm just going to put this up on the shelf and let it collect dust. Mm. Well, I mean, um, I always say, uh, and I know this sounds a, uh, um, cliched advice, but I always say it's to be completely true when you put the words down on paper. I mean, I'm, you know, I've written, oh, I've lost count of the number of books, you know, I've appeared at, you know, book festivals, I've appeared um, on podcasts like this, I've um, read work, I've read work at events that Booker Prize nominees have actually um, uh, appeared at as well. And I'm still learning things. 
it's it's a learning curve. You 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 will never become that perfection. I think there's a um, there's a trend now that everyone wants to to get that sort of um, that that sense of perfection. Your book will never be perfect. Um, just before um, I came onto the uh, came onto the show today, I was reading Midnight's Children. I just, I just finished it uh, by Samuel Rushdie, and that won the Booker Prize in 1981, and it won the um, the Booker of Booker Prizes. Um, I think it was uh, for a special anniversary of the Booker Prize. Um, it's a highly regarded novel, and I think it's being adapted into a TV series now, um, as well as the uh, 2012 film. There were things in that that didn't connect with me that I um, uh, didn't particularly connect with and in the book. Um, so even a book like that still is not going to is not going to uh, reach everyone. Uh, it's not going to connect with everyone. So I would say that be prepared that there are people um, who are just not going to enjoy the, the book. Um, I remember one of my previous books, uh, Set in Stone, um, when I was writing um, a first draft of that. And a lot of it takes place in um, a sort of a dystopian New York City uh, many years from now. And I remember printing off a chapter and I sent it to a writer's group. And there was a um, a woman from New York um, in the writer's group. I, I'd never met her before. She, it was her first meeting. She'd come along to it, but she'd read the actual the actual draft. And she said, she said to me, Come on, says, I read it. I, I hated it. I absolutely hated it. And these things are going to happen. Um, she said something uh, that I made it that so that there was a, a green man symbol on the on the traffic lights, um, which um, is not the not the, um, which you don't find in New York at all. I think it's the the um, uh, other symbols that they use, uh, other figurines that they use. But yeah, I'm from then, Brooklyn, and you're right. It's, it's nowhere in New York. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's um, yeah. I mean, I've you know to being open with that and. And I think what what you know what my main piece of advice is to write the book. Um, if you want to share a first draft, do so. But I'm always wary about sharing any first drafts with anybody, um, except with the exception of close friends and family, until the first draft is done. And and that that alone is is amazing because you know the fact that you had someone say i hated it <laughs> mm, yeah and and to and to keep uh to keep on going that's that's fascinating um because because i remember when i did a presentation um I, my book was talking about how the news uh really um controlled my mind during 9 11 when i was living mm, in new york and yeah. how i allowed the content um from the news to make me think that everyone who looked this way mm. was a terrorist and i felt that way for mm. 13 years and so i remember doing a presentation on it and mm. one lady was just so angry i mean she was mm. so angry it's like she only took bits and pieces of the mm. story but you gotta even with that lady being so angry a majority of people came up and said keep doing the good work i love mm. what you're doing right and so sometimes as human beings we we there could be 10 people and nine people say how much they love Harrison's book, but that one person will just make you want to stop. And so, you know, I I think that if you're that type of person, like you really need to focus on the good. I, we, I, we have a sign every morning we wake up, focus on the good, right? Mm-hmm. If it's if it's what you're meant to do and you know it's the right thing that you're doing, you know, just keep on going. So I'm yeah. really happy you brought that up. And it's interesting. I mean, funny you mentioned about New York in 9-11 and um, because obviously set in stone, there's themes that take place in New York uh, behind the window um, has a strong New York theme in it as well. 
Um, even though though none of the scenes are set there, there's uh, New York's in the background. Um, how do you, and obviously in my latest book, uh, A Life Called Scarlet, which I just finished the first draft of, uh, there are there are a lot of scenes that take place in New York in the uh, in the nineties. And the question is, how do you write a New York novel or a novel featuring New York in without without nine eleven coming into it? And I think you know because it's such a sensitive theme. Uh, for for many many people, um, not just in America but also in the UK as well, um, how to actually approach that? And I was thinking of because I read the book uh, A Little Life um, by Hanyana Gihara many some years ago now, and that uh, that she managed to set a novel in New York in uh, sort of an eternal present day New York, and how somehow managed to avoid you know avoid the references to nine eleven. But, and I, well, I went to see the play two weeks ago uh, in London. I went to see the play adaptation. And, you know, and I think that the, the strength of that book is, and I would say the strength of any book is in terms of the characters. Um, because I remember when I read the book and I was so engaged with the characters and not a lot of my friends um, had read the novel. And it was weird to go to the play um, six and a half years after I finished reading the book and actually rediscovering all these characters again. With people who would actually were more familiar with it with uh, than my family and friends, um, and that just shows the strength of the novel um, is that it's not about the story; it's always always about the characters. So, yeah. So I always say that the characters will drive the story, and and that is a really good point because I mean, even when you whether it's books or or documentaries, I mean, even when it's not around 9-11, if it's mm. based in New York and it's mm. happened in the late 90s, early 2000s, it's mm. truly impossible, in my opinion, to mm. completely skip over it. I, I don't I can't think mm. of a New Yorker who wasn't affected by that. Um, mm. So that's yeah, that's that's very, very fascinating. Um, just that perspective. But um, but listen, it has been great having you on the show. Um, Payson's. Yep. Payson says thank you as well. Um, please, please let our listeners know where they can find you and tell them the title of your most recent books and maybe some books that are coming out and where they can find them. OK, so um, my uh, two main books, um, which I've referenced in uh, today in, uh, in the show today, um, are set in stone and uh, behind the window and they are available from all major online retailers and um my novel uh, life called scarlet um is just been the first after which has just been finished and that should be hopefully i hope hitting the the bookstores in the next two years or so um it's uh, two hundred thousand words long so there's going to be uh, a lot of editing to do <laughs> to say the least <laughs> absolutely where can our listeners find you? Social media, anything like that? Um, yes, uh, they can find me on Twitter um, and uh, and Facebook. Um, also have a uh, a blog as well, uh, which is um the uh, which is available from my link, which is on my Twitter profile, uh, so they can follow that. Um, uh, I do um, something called creative interviews, where I interview people who work in the um, who work in the arts and. Uh, and uh, show uh, show interviews with them. Just about to hopefully do a new um, interview with um, a poet friend of mine. Um, should be quite good. Well, listen, it's been great. Thank you again for joining us. And it was wonderful to meet you. And we're definitely going to check out your books. All right. Well, thank you for your, thank you for today. And I've uh, really enjoyed coming on the show. Yes, thank you. This has been the 105 Way Podcast. 
You can tune in every Sunday at 5 p.m. Central Standard Time. Talk to you soon.